This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi everyone, it's Alice Cash from Jubilance for PMS and welcome to Weekly Woman. It's time for This Week in Quarantine. October is my favorite month of the year. I was joking, but I definitely started to sing It's the most wonderful time of the year to my roommate who just laughed at me. The horror movies, the pumpkin everything, pumpkin carving, eating all the chocolate in existence, and of course, dressing up. I love everything about it. But this year is very different. I find myself scared all the time. I'm scared of the pandemic, scared of my city of New York, scared for my older parents, scared just to go to the grocery store. I'm frankly quite happy for October for all the horror films to redirect my fears in a story as opposed to thinking about our world. Yet at the same time, it's just so gloomy and maybe you feel anxious I've been having a hard time realizing that my favorite events of October, some costume parties, the New York Halloween parade, and trick-or-treating are all canceled. When I recovered from COVID back in April, I was ready to move on to forget how scared I'd been for my life and proceed with the usual. But now, talk of a second wave and no sign of the pandemic ending. It's hard not to be discouraged. But I am going to celebrate Halloween no matter what, and I have some Zoom parties lined up that I'm dressing up for. Real question, should I go as Carol Baskin or Moira Rose? I'm just trying to embrace all of 2020. Email me at alice at jubilance.com and let me know, or reach out on our social, Jubilance for PMS. Yet, at the same time, Halloween is the perfect holiday to celebrate during COVID-19. First, it's done outside, and second, we wear masks. Also, the terror of COVID is in line with my Halloween feelings. Perfect, right? This is the year that funny, scary, and just about anything goes masks are going to sell out. While I know we have to make adjustments to our traditions, some can stay the same and we have the opportunity to create new ones. Here are some ideas I've come up with to continue our traditions and to create new ones. Pumpkin carving. This is an old tradition for me and we do it outside so you don't have to worry about making a mess. Make your own masks. Not just the COVID coverings, but have fun with paper mache, cloth, plastic, and paint. Halloween or haunted house bingo. Drive or walk around in your neighborhood looking for scary or fun Halloween decorations. Enjoy Halloween movies. There are so many streaming services now. I am in heaven watching all of the horror ever. Take a drive to see the leaves change to the beautiful autumn colors. I'm still adjusting to the new normal and learning that we have to make changes in our life. However, we can still dress up on All Hallows' Eve and enjoy one of the best holidays with our friends. This week on the podcast, we have an amazing woman who's leading the charge in how we stay safe, and we can ask her ourselves about Halloween. Welcome, Katie. Katie Rosauer is a woman of many hats. Not only is she applying to be a PA, she hosts a podcast with her best friend where she talks about applying to medical school, and she's helping to provide free medical care with the fires happening in California with her free mobile medical clinic, MedSpire Health. And she's an influencer on Instagram, talking about healthy lifestyle and inspiring us with her fabulous fashion. Welcome, Katie. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you today. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I just kick things off with some more fun questions. Okay. Favorite word in the dictionary. I like the word essential because I think it can be very relative. Um, 
in, you know, taking care of yourself, um, caring for others. And I feel like as an individual of Medspire, we kind of became the essential medical care um, that was needed at the time, you know, following the campfire. And so um, I, I think that you can take that word and apply it to many different, you know, scenarios. And I feel like the work that I'm going to do in my life as a PA will be essential. And um, I think the path to learning and everything that, you know, you want to be, you know, you just, you have to, you have to put yourself first. And so that's kind of like what I'm going to talk about today too, um, is essentially making yourself, you know, a priority. And um, that way you can be your best self to care for others. And so I think that's awesome. I love how you were able to work essentially in there as well. But yeah, I have never heard essential use so much. I'd never even thought about what an essential worker was before COVID and before all of this. Um, but you've, you've undergone like what the fires were in 2018. Um, can you talk a little bit about starting Medspire? Absolutely. Yes. Um, it has been a very steep learning curve. Um, never did I think that I would be a founder of a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, I was actually still in college studying exercise physiology at Chico State, and I was a medical scribe at Feather River Hospital in the ER. Um, started in May of 2018 and just absolutely flourished. I mean, I was learning something new by the second, and I you know, being a medical scribe, I'll talk more about it, but um, it's, it's been the most amazing experience and the most learning experience that I've ever had. Um, and so what is a I, medical scribe, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. I, I get asked this all the time. And it, it's kind of hard to explain if you're not like familiar with the medical field, but I'm essentially there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, the medical provider's personal assistant. I'm doing, I'm charting all the notes. I'm ordering all the labs. I'm uh, ordering all of diagnostic imaging, following up on referrals, um, you know, placing orders and just being there to help the medical provider focus on the patient rather than staring at a computer. Um, you know, patient-centered care is something that I truly believe in. Um, and if the medical provider can care for the patient while I'm over there typing, I think that's amazing. And so I, I go into every single exam room. I'm there for the entire visit. And so I, you know, I get to see start to finish on every aspect of a patient encounter, um, behind the scenes, in the exam room, you know, everything. So it's, I mean, I seriously learn something new every day. And so in the ER, I, I've, ha I've had a multitude of different scribing experiences um, in different departments, but in the ER is where I started. And so, you know, I was right there in codes and, you know, scribing everything like so quickly. And, you know, wow. it was, so you have to be a good listener. <laughs> Um, and so I worked at Feather River Hospital for those, you know, six, seven months. And then, um, like I said, I was still going to Chico State. 
And I woke up, you know, that morning and my mom asked me like, Katie, like, come, come look at the sky. Like something's going on. I was like, oh, mom, like you're just over exaggerating. And then I, you know, we have this group me app um, where all of us scribes would talk and stuff. And so um, one of the scribes was already up there and he's like, yeah, this is bad. I see flames all around me. We're evacuating the hospital. And so, you know, my instinct was like, okay, how do I help? Like, what do I do? And so the day went on and I, um, you know, the sky was pitch black. It was 2 p.m. and it looked like it was midnight. And um, so I actually stayed at school because I obviously didn't want to miss class and like I had exercise pathophysiology and so um but then it came to the point where I believe that class was from two two to four fifty and so she was like no we can't stay you know like everybody and we had obviously classmates that were um living in the area so uh I was like how can I help because you know that's just what my instinct was and so there were scribes um and my medical director at Heather River Hospital who's actually our medical director now of Medspire which is really awesome um he was at the East Avenue Church and so there were over I mean 500 evacuees at one time in this one gymnasium at this amazing church in Chico and um I showed up and I was like I'm here to help I don't care what I do you know like I know how to scribe and so I did that and so went out to literally all of the tents that were outside um it was freezing cold um and you know evaluated every patient and I did that literally for six weeks um we were out of school obviously and then it ended up being uh winter break so I mean, I was doing 18 hour days, you know, I wouldn't go home. And uh, I actually was had the opportunity to cross check um, the missing persons list and our list of evacuees and found 12 people. So it was really awesome. Um, So, you know, I was a launderer, I was a nurse, I was a counselor, I say this a lot, but I seriously, like you said, it was perfect, like wore many hats. And so that's kind of like the basis of how MedSire started um, in public health and, you know, all of the different rules and everything. We couldn't like keep on having people at this church gymnasium and caring for them and all of that. Um, so we were like, this isn't going to magically disappear or resolve, you know, just because the evacuation shelter is closing. And so we all came together and we're like, how do we start a nonprofit? And wow. so, Um, I'm a big researcher, whether it's day-to-day life or, you know, how to do something or where to get this or, so um, it was really awesome to come together with such an amazing group of people with like-minded, you know, um, motivation and um, passion for helping others. And so we kind of just hit the ground running. And like I said, it was a very steep learning curve. Um, we made a lot of mistakes. We, you know, backtracked, we changed our plans. We, you know, just learned as we went. And so um, all of us are still together providing we've uh, held 15 free 
uh, clinic days where we do urgent care, but um, refilling medications. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but we've actually connected 20 to 30 patients to primary care providers that did not have insurance. And so we pride ourselves in that because oh, now, incredible. you know, we, we can't really be a primary care provider. Um, we are all volunteer. None of us get paid. None of us get reimbursed. And so um, we all hold full-time jobs. And so, you know, we do what we can, but to be able to connect these patients for continuity of care is pretty remarkable. So, wow. That is remarkable, Katie. Oh my gosh. What a story. And to have like the fire so close to you. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, ago. you know, and this year when I actually flew from Scottsdale, um, couple weeks ago back to Chico and just the whole vibe I mean I have pictures of it um when I got home I was like this feels like the campfire oh my gosh and um a lot of my coworkers now I work at a children's um primary care clinic in Chico um as a scribe and a lot of these people lost their homes and so you know it brought up a lot of PTSD and just Um, I mean, even for me, you know, like I didn't lose my house and I, I mean, I lost my job, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's just a really interesting feeling, but I'm, I'm so thankful that I get to continue to help. And now that COVID is, you know, we kind of have an idea of COVID and the necessary precautions and everything that we can take. Um, We've had two clinic days already this month and we have one on Sunday. Oh, awesome. We're kind of like making up for lost time. This will be our third clinic day this um, this weekend. So, Oh, that's amazing. And so do you do everything virtually? Is that how you're doing it now? Um, no. So we're actually doing it in outdoor settings. Oh, cool. Um, We have, I mean, we have gotten the most amazing community support. Um, and so everyone's like, yes, of course you can host your clinic days here. And so we're still holding our clinic days in fire affected areas in Butte County. Um, but we do plan to, proliferate our source our resources and um, services to other you know areas that um, may be affected by the fire but honestly we've been you know caring for people who have even moved here after the fire or you know we don't require ID we don't require insurance you don't have to be a Butte County resident we have people come literally drive from Reading to come see us wow so yeah um it's pretty amazing the the trust that we've built in the community and um, we're going to continue serving. So So we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor, Jubilance for PMS. It's a daily supplement that helps you be you. Jubilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of PMS. That means less stress, anxiety, and more of getting back to your life. You deserve to be your best self all month long. And thanks to modern science, PMS is now optional. It's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women, and this is the real deal. Jubilance isn't just a product. It's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. The Jubilance Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. 
We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. What is next for MedSpire? What are you guys' plans? I mean, COVID has thrown a wrench into everything, but... <laughs> right? That is our, that's our revolving question. I Ugh. mean, um, so originally we wanted to create this mobile medical clinic where we had this RV size, you know, RV and have it medically equipped to go to different places that need medical cool. care, medical care. Yeah. So, um, we kind of, I mean, it's always been on our mind, but obviously that takes money. And, yeah. um, you know, we have an amazing grant writer, um, on our team and, uh, we've received so many amazing grants that we're so thankful for. Um, and just personal donations too. Wow. Um, yeah. So our next step really is to get, um, we're thinking about getting a, like a sprinter van. Oh, um, cool. Not so much like the big RV, but just medically equipped a, a van that would be like our Medspire van. And so, um, just be able, I mean, we literally like use our own cars to, you know, take yeah. the unit and like set it up. So it would be nice to have one central area of supplies and, um, equipment. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really on our, our next, um, plan, I guess. That's um, amazing. we're going to continue to do our free clinic days. Mm -hmm. We actually, um, I a big part of when we started, we are going into the tent cities, um, oh. following the fire. Even there's people still living in tents um, up in the hills. Wow. And um, so a lot of what I did personally was going in and helping these people and bringing the medical care to them because, you know, some of these, a lot of these people are, um, you know, elderly, they have chronic conditions and don't necessarily have physical access to healthcare. And so um, that's, that's the main goal of MedSpire is to bridge that gap and, you know, continue the continuity of care really. And, um, you know, get them connected to resources that they need. So. Wow. Thank you, Katie, for all that you're doing. Oh my gosh. Oh, it is. I couldn't see myself doing anything else. You know, I was it's funny that you say that because I was sitting there yesterday describing and thinking about, you know, my sister studying interior architecture and, She's so talented with that. And I'm like, I couldn't do that. Like, this is my calling. This really is. And so, you know, I work with kids now and my mom, my mom had a daycare for, um, in a preschool ever since I was born. So I've always wow. been around children. And so, you know, I, I feel really in my niche, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with these kids and learning about medicine and caring for people. And I, I, it's a, I work at a native, um, American health clinic and so cool. a lot of our patients the majority of them are you know medical patients um no insurance so it's kind of it's really it's fun because I get to do it as my job and then I also get to help people um you know as a hobby so so how did you get into the medical field like so you know you've been around kids forever but when was that spark like I need to work in medicine yeah um it sounds kind of crazy but at such a young age I was so fascinated with disease and um 
I did a lot of research, honestly, as a really young child. I mean, I remember fifth and sixth grade. I was, you know, I reading My Sister's Keeper. I'm not sure if you I didn't um, ever are read familiar that. with that. It's a girl and she's young and she gets cancer and she has a sister. Mm. And that really like sparked an interest for me or not necessarily an interest, but like just re, I guess, like confirming the fact that I was interested in disease. And I was like, I feel like I could help. Like, I feel like I could mm-hmm. figure it out. Like I'm a figure it out kind of person. Like I'll figure it out. Um, and so at just a really young age, I was, you know, researching about all kinds of different professions and um, I became a junior volunteer at Enloe Medical Center when I was 16. And um, when I was able to drive, I was able to volunteer there. So um, I did that for two years. And then I was a um, college volunteer at Enloe Medical Center as well. Um, And I worked as a patient monitor. I worked in medical records at Enloe for three years. Um, So I learned a lot, surprisingly, like medical records. I mean, I'm reading all kinds of different procedures and different histories and diagnoses. And, you know, so that's kind of like where my grounding, you know, of Mm -hmm. medical care started. Um, And then I was like, I want to do patient care. And um, so then got a job at the river and as a, you know, doing patient care in the room. Um, But I, I, I had a little bit of a, you know, it's, I didn't just start college and decide that I wanted to be a medical provider, you know, like I changed, (laughs) um, I changed my major to mechanical engineering and I was a mechanical engineering major for two years. Wow. I have a really big passion for cars. I love cars. I've loved cars. I've built and designed cars online since I was literally in second grade. I know. Crazy. So I love cars. Everybody always asks me that, but it's, I don't necessarily have like a favorite car. Like I love like features. I love the German cars. Huh. Okay. Um, I love Audis and I had an Audi for my first car and it was just the best. I went to the BMW factory in Germany. Wow. Like I, I just, I, I love cars. And so um, I was like, I want to design cars. I don't know if I want to be a medical provider. Huh. Um, I, I, had a lot of anxiety when I graduated from high school and I think um you know thinking I had to figure it out and I had to know what I wanted to do and Mm -hmm. I was like I don't really know I haven't tried it and that's something also that I you know pride myself in is I don't know if I like something unless I try it right yeah and so I um decided that I was like I'm gonna try to design cars and so I really did some more research and I really didn't want to design like chassis and things like that, that like really built the car. I really wanted to do the design part of it, oh. which I figured out was not really possible as a mechanical engineer. Um, but so I would have had to go to art school and I was like, I don't want to, I'm not an artist. Like I'm science, like, you know, figure it out kind of person. Um, <laughs> So I actually got an internship at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Um, oh. I was I was a design engineer um, for Defense Technologies Engineering. So wow. I worked. Yeah, I worked cool. on um, a gas gun that were uh, was part of testing nuclear material for um, the United States Air Force. Oh, 
Wow. And so I did that for the summer of 2016. I mean, I loved it. I found it really interesting, but it wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to make a difference and sitting at a computer all day was not my vibe. So, um, it's good to figure that thinking, out. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm really thankful for the opportunity. I mean, I connected with so many people and networked and, um, you know, I got back and I was like, I want to do medicine. So Amazing. I did exercise physiology. It was the best decision I've ever made. I mean, it was biomechanics, psychology, um, you know, core sciences, disease, pathophysiology, just like everything wrapped in one. And so it was perfect. And so um, it really prepared me to apply to PA school as well. So that's amazing. Oh my gosh. And then just switching gears a little bit. Um, something we always ask on the podcast is, uh, what is your definition of womanhood? Yeah. So I, I love this question because I think it's very encompassing to think about optimism. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I've always been very intrinsically motivated and I know that not everybody's like that. Um, I'm the first in my family to go to college or graduate from college, both sides, aunts, uncles, everything, Amazing. cousins. Um, so being optimistic that that was possible was game changing for me. Um, and being able to, you know, I've made mistakes. I've made multiple mistakes. I didn't just go A to Z without mistakes in the middle, you know, like I am continuing to grow every single day. And I think that is being a woman, realizing that you're going to continue to grow in every single experience that you endure and, um, being okay with that and have, and knowing that you have the power to create change is, I think the most important thing, because if I sat here and, you know, oh, only men are doctors you know, which is kind of like, but it is, you know, like even some of the female physicians that, and providers that I work with, they think of like, oh, well, I'll reach out to him and they don't even know who it is. Right. Um, uh, as a, as a specialty doctor or something that they're referring to. And I'm like, could be a female. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> could be a female. Um, but so I think being optimistic and realizing that anything is possible. And I know it sounds very cheesy, but it truly is. And, um, I think realizing that you're gonna hit speed bumps and you might even go backwards. I mean, Mm -hmm. I thought I knew what I wanted to do and I thought that I would be already in PA school by now, you know, but I've, I've experienced so much life and different things and felt different things. And, you know, I think being optimistic is, the key to success because if you have a closed mind you're not going to grow and I think growth is the key so thank you so much Katie I think that's awesome like just the idea of optimism that's something that we all need to really keep in mind especially right now uh, with everything that's happening in the world yeah yes exactly and um, I'm really big with affirmations and I'm really big um about quotes and things that I read and I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of books and I actually, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with David Goggins. No, no. Okay. So he was a Navy SEAL and he is literally the epitome of success made through mistake. I mean, he, he didn't give up 
and his book, um, I've listened to it twice now. Um, it's, uh, can't hurt me by David Goggins. And he talks about this integrity mirror and I, you know, if you look at my Pinterest board, I mean, it is literally the number one board that has most pins is my inspiration board. And so, um, I find a lot of inspiration in these quotes. And so the integrity mirror is affirmations. Um, and my door is closed, but it's actually on my bathroom mirror. Um, I have about 50 different post-it notes. You can see the post-it notes on my door, but all of these things that I read every day. And I think that is a really important thing to do because you don't just wake up every day and you're motivated. Like you don't. And this morning, did I really want to get up at 4.45 to go work out? Absolutely oh. not. I wanted to sleep. But I knew that if I did it, I would be very happy with myself and my day would be better. And so I'll, I'll read you a few. I t- took a few off of my um, awesome my mirror this morning. Uh, I always ask myself, does this support the life I'm trying to create? Hmm. And I think every single decision that you make leads to the life that you're trying to create. Um, whether it's, you know, going for a run, eating that burger that you probably shouldn't eat. Um, you know, like just like very simple things I truly believe lead to happiness and not just like, oh, when I get this, Mm. I'll be happy. Um, I've really tried to embrace, you know, the different, um, obstacles almost like even trying to get out of bed. Yeah. Um, And uh, another one is I have the power to create change. And what I talked about earlier is how, oh, what are you going to do once you graduate? What are you going to do once you graduate from high school? Do you know where you want to go to school? Do you know what you want to be? It's like, no, I haven't tried it. I don't know, you know? Um, and so this one says, actually, life is beautiful and I have time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, back to the whole womanhood thing. Um, my family, so I, my family's very close. Um, I've, we've, I've, I wrote down some things that I wanted to talk about teamwork because the whole awesome. Medfire, Medfire would not happen without teamwork. I mean, we've all brought different, you know, aspects to create what Medfire is today. Um, but also with teamwork, I feel my family has um, been that you know since I was born they've shown me what teamwork is and how to do the things that you want to do you can't do it always alone and so um my I don't have I have a I have a little sister she's three years younger than me we're best friends um awesome always have been but my cousins I have six cousins and we have all grown up together like we're siblings and um they're all having kids and so the first little um baby in our family was a girl and so ever since she was born, we've always just said girl power, girl power. Yes. And so she will, she, she's three and a half now and she's just the light of my life, but she will literally go around and say, yeah, girl power, girl power runs the world. And yes. it's like, you know, it's something that I really want to inspire in other people because you know, I've defied the odds of graduating from college as a first generation college student, um, you know, being female and wanting to go into the medical field. Um, I was one of the first and only females to go to this internship at Lawrence Livermore, you know, so it's like, I think womanhood and optimism and teamwork and knowing that you can do it is just 
what needs to be reminded in your brain every day. And that's why I have these little sticky notes. And um, yeah, so I just think reminding yourself on a, you know, the small things really add up to the big things. And I, I something that I pride myself in. Thank you so much, Katie. I think there's like so much to take away from that. I love this idea that you have that really everything matters into like what you want to see in your life. Like, like just even your example of like, should I wake up so early in the morning? Yes. Or should I eat this cheeseburger? Hmm, maybe not. <laughs> but, um, but I, I think that's really cool. And like a great takeaway from today of like, especially us, like still stuck at home in quarantine or COVID, wherever anyone is in the country right now. Um, just like thinking about like, how can I still be living my life and be happy uh, within these circumstances by making these little changes? Exactly. exactly. Or these mantras, affirmations that like we yes. should put on a post-it note. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Quarantine has been life-changing for me in many ways. I mean, I know a lot of people have taken it like, oh, I have to stay inside or, you know, I can't be active or, you know, I've put on quarantine 15 or, you know, and it's actually been the opposite for me. Um, I, you know, I've taken the best out of what quarantine can give me. I was furloughed for five weeks from my job. Um, and that's when I really got back into my daily exercise. And um, I started a side business with Arbonne. And I have connected with so many positive, influential women, honestly, through that. Um, and I've been consistent ever since. And so um, I really took what I had control of and ran with it. So. That's amazing, Katie. Is there anything else you'd like to add to our listeners today? Yes, I have this one finishing idea. Um, I think don't take no for an answer. And the one thing that I do want to add is this quote that I absolutely love. It's be you, do you, for you. Um, do what makes your heart thrive, your mind challenged, and do it all for you. And so. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Katie, for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was so lovely to get to meet you. Oh my gosh. Yes, you too. Thank you so much for reaching out and believing in me and what we're doing with Medspire and my yeah. dad as a PA. And I can't wait to see how it all grows. So please oh, thank touch you. and like I'll be yeah, I'll watch on Instagram and stuff. Um, and I'll and I'll send you an email when everything is up. And ready. Okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm still waiting to, I submitted my application, so I'm, every day is a day closer to finding out if I get an interview, so Oh my I'm gosh, break a leg. That's so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>